0: Welcome to the Health Admin Life podcast. My name is Brooke, and I'm going to interview special guests to explore the vast career opportunities in health administration. Whether you're a clinical professional, a corporate worker, a student, or a patient yourself, this podcast is for everyone. Get ready to be inspired. Hello, current and future healthcare leaders. Welcome to the Health Admin Life podcast. My name is Brooke, and today I would like to welcome Lajon Smith, who also goes by Johnny, Master of Health Administration student at George Washington University. Johnny, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are?
1: Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me, Brooke. Um, I'm really excited to be here, but I'm currently a second year MHA student at George Washington University, Um, so I'm really excited to be here talking to Brooke. She was just a year ahead of me, Um, so it's nice to be here. Um, I'm originally from Denver, Colorado, born and raised there. Um, I then went to Cal Poly. For my undergraduate degree in political science with a concentration in public health and I also played basketball there so that's a little fun fact about me um, but yeah now I'm here in uh, DC getting my master's and I'm almost done with that about two months away.
0: I love that I actually never knew you played basketball so that's awesome yeah. and I would love to know and I think a lot of people would love to know kind of what it's like to be an MHA student, or I also know you're going to start your fellowship. So what has that been like?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so being an MHA student, particularly at George Washington, I might be a little biased, but I think it's really great. Um, I've had such a great time so far in my program. Uh, I just think the classes are really good. Um, typically we take you know, our finance courses, all those things. I'm sure Brooke has gotten into that so I won't go into detail, but um, now I'm going into my fellowship and for George Washington, that's a requirement. It's one of the few universities that still require it. So I'll be going to my fellowship at, I'm going to Anova Hospital um, this summer and I'm going to be joining them as a uh, fellow. So I'm really excited.
0: Wonderful. And I think many people don't know exactly what a fellowship is. What is it? And I know for me, I like to think of it as kind of like an advanced internship, but there is more to it, if you can explain what it is.
1: Sure. So that's also how I kind of like to think of it, especially when I'm talking to people who don't really have as much of an idea of what healthcare administration even is. But um, really what I like to think of a fellowship is uh, more specifically is working under executive leadership. So for example, this summer, um, I have a rotational based fellowship. So I'll be under a service line for four months. I'm not quite sure which service line yet. I'll get placed with that later, but then I'll also be working under the systems so that can be any executive leadership. And it's very intensive. You get really great projects, some system wide, some for a service line, um, and it can be uh, minus one year, but it can be uh, some are two years. So. Um yeah.
0: That's exactly how I would explain it too and I think fellowships are great. I definitely think they give you that accelerated learning that you may have not had otherwise. Um, and they are paid. So, you again, like you're going to have a pretty nice salary. It does vary, but yeah. that is also a nice part of the fellowship. And usually, fellowships are anyone who has a master's degree, mm-hmm. too. So, normally, if you're an undergrad, you, you may not have the opportunity to. Mm-hmm. Um, but for my next question, I know that George Washington University Hospital is an academic medical center, and then ANOVA Health System is a health system. Are you interested in going into these fields long-term? Are you thinking of anything else?
1: Um, so for me, I'm definitely thinking this would be a field long-term um, for me, but I think it's just such a great experience. Um, it's where you can learn a lot because there's just so much going on, especially when you're at a health system. I mean, you have like your ambulatory, you have your inpatient, outpatient, all of those things, you know, um, you can even go into primary clinics, uh, primary care clinics and things like that. So I just think that's an awesome opportunity to learn a lot. But eventually I could see myself going into consulting or some other realm. Um, I don't know a lot about it yet. We did have a a consulting class offered at George Washington, which was nice because you got a little taste of like what it might be like to be a consultant. Um, So That's definitely something that I'm going to be possibly looking for as I move on in my career.
0: That's fantastic. And how long have you been in uh, the industry for? Did you go to school right from, or did you get your master's right from undergrad? And did you work part-time before?
1: So I graduated in the wonderful 2020, the pandemic. So that was when I finished my... Uh, undergrad. So, um, I took a break because I didn't want to go into a program during the pandemic. I, I know that I'm a very in-person type of uh, learner. I think you get honestly more out of George Washington. Um, for me personally speaking, when you go in person, cause you get some of those networking aspects, you get to meet your professors in person, you get to meet your other classmates in person. So those things were important for me, but in between then, um, I worked at uh, Department of Healthcare Policy and Financing, and um, that was in Denver, Colorado, and then I also worked for um, a consulting firm, um, Anishium Health, so those were about two places that I worked in between my um, undergrad and grad degree, and I also had some experience interning at a um, jail, a county jail in San Luis Obispo during my senior year of college, so that was kind of my extent of my experience before getting my master's.
0: That is really unique, and I think that a lot of people think you have to work in a hospital, you have to do all this stuff, and it's it's cookie cutter. But no, I think there's so many opportunities in healthcare that people don't realize that you can be a part of, um, so I think
1: that's really cool. Um, oh, yeah, there's so much in healthcare, like literally so much, so.
0: <laughs> so many things, and what made you interested in getting your MHA specifically?
1: So I had to talk to a lot of people to figure this out. Um, I think, you know, for doctors, there's kind of this path where you you go pre-med, you know, all those things, which is what I was looking at. I was definitely looking to go down that route, but um, I had a um, neighbor that was in health administration. So I was lucky enough to know someone who was doing this. And from there, Mm -hmm. I really just tried to talk to like a bunch of different people about, um, you know, getting my MHA or at that time, you know, Mm -hmm. I think. And we'll probably talk about it a little bit, but there's like the MBA or MHA ordeal. And so I think for me, I did a lot of talking to people and just trying to figure out what are my needs. And I decided ultimately on an MHA just because I think I needed to learn a lot about healthcare systems and how they operate. And I um, feel like that is why I ended up choosing to get my MHA ultimately.
0: And I think for me, I also, I went from right from undergrad to getting my MHA, I was working part time throughout college um, and I did internships. So I think I had about five years of experience before actually getting my MHA. I also chose to do my undergrad in health administration, but I decided to get an MHA because I think long term I want to stay in healthcare. And I also know that with an MHA, you can do anything with public health. So I think a lot of people opt to get like an MPH because they're like, oh, like this is what I want to go into. But I think having an MHA gives you more of that management, leadership, and finance experience, even data analytics, that you wouldn't have with an MPH. Um, and additionally, since I had an undergrad in an MHA or health administration, I figured with my MHA I could still do business classes and not get my MBA. So all of my electives were in the MBA program um, to diversify my portfolio, which worked out perfectly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think there's ways to maneuver the MHA and get those classes that you might be missing from an MBA or MPH, or that's the great thing I think about George Washington. There's a lot of different schools. We're in a great city for if you're into policy, but don't necessarily want to get like a policies master, because that's what I was kind of thinking. I maybe wanted to go into the policy realm, but I thought, I think George Washington definitely offers that like happy medium where you can take all those different classes and have a nice blend, so...
0: And going off of that, what makes a great program and what things should you consider in picking a program? And then maybe even like what should you do during that program to set yourself apart to get jobs in the future?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a really good question. I think for uh, great programs, there's so many out there, but it's really, really important that you do your research and also talk to a lot of people. So if you can, try and network a lot before because I think it's just really important for me. I listen to people's stories, see where they ended up, see how they got there and like kind of did like a little reverse engineering of like, okay, this is a person I could see myself being or I think ideally Mm -hmm. I would like their job. Um, I then looked at how they did that and then I decided, okay, you know, this is a program that might offer things for for me to be able to do what they're doing. And for me... I knew I didn't have a lot of experience, so it was attractive to have a program that required a fellowship um, because I needed more experience. So um, I thought that George Washington, you know, offers support services with that. It's, you know, they have knowledge on how to get fellowships. So for me, and also the alumni base was a big thing um, for me mm-hmm. because it's really good to network. And so um, GW's alumni base is excellent. It's really great. We have like Gibbs every year and things like that. So um, and they're very involved so that I think that's a, also another important factor to consider when you're looking at your masters um and then, sorry what was the second part of the question you were asking
0: what should you do like while you're getting your masters like is there like what can you do to get get involved to really set yourself apart from different candidates or even just like the job hunt
1: oh yeah yeah so i think getting involved like literally just um, I'm on the board, for example, at um, for our MHA program where I was, now they've taken over and there's the next group of people. So I was the diversity equity inclusion chair. Um, any way you can really get involved, you don't have to necessarily be on a board, but just mm-hmm. go to things and try and network, like I said, go to all the different events that they offer. Um, and I know it can be tiring because the master's can be hard and stuff, but I just think that's the best way. Um, And getting to know your professors too, because they can ultimately be so like helpful. So I think it sets you up for success for when you're going to apply to jobs, because you have someone to kind of help you through that and even recommend you possibly later on. So I think that that's a big um, part of it. And for jobs, um, I think to set yourself apart, again, just trying to be involved and show that you really are interested in healthcare, like that you care about it, that Mm -hmm. you want to be involved in like the communities you're in whatever community that is. So I
0: completely agree. And I really love the aspect of being able to talk to a lot of people before deciding on a program. I think that's something that I didn't do, but some of the things that helped me like choose a program, I really based it on location program accreditation. So if it's CAMI accredited, I think that's important um, because they're recognized by different people. Um, I guess it's nationally recognized, and even some fellowships require your school to be CAMI accredited. So it's something to keep um, as a know in the future. Also, like the alumni network, how big is that? Is this a well known school? Do they have program or job placement assistance? This is the biggest thing I keep hearing from people. Well, I have my master's or I came out of undergrad and I don't have a job. Well, did your Hmm. program help you to get a job? Like, what was their criteria? Like, how? they set you up for success do they have great mentors and i think that's something that people don't really consider and should consider more of before picking um a place but also i think something to consider is cost if you can get scholarships i think this is a big (laughs) one and yeah this is where it's also like should i keep working and get my masters or like can i have tuition reimbursement for my job i know some people go straight Mm -hmm. into it so if you can get scholarships great um but if you are working, I know it might take you longer to finish the program. Uh, but again, if you mm-hmm. delay starting, you might not want to go back to school. That's the caveat, yeah. unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Um, no, that's so hard. I feel like the cost is the whole other part we didn't, I didn't even touch on. But and, that was definitely a factor moving here. Like, D.C. is expensive, too. So that's not something I took lightly. But I try to think that, like, also another way you can think of it is, like, Okay, what's my return on my investment? Like I I went to this master's program, but I know that in X amount of years I'll be able to pay that back or I'll be able to be in a good position to, you know, kind of offset the cost of paying for my master's. But I know that's not the reality a lot for a lot of people. Like, and I know that it's hard, but I think scholarships are a big thing. Like think about where you're getting your scholarships. Yeah. If you're getting a scholarship somewhere else then that might be the place for you because they're able to pay and supplement your costs. So I definitely think that's important. And there's a lot of external scholarships you can pay for. I mean, apply to once you're in your master's, that's always helpful.
0: Yes. And I think some people are, might not apply to them because they don't think they'll get it. I know mm-hmm. I partly thought of that. And so you know, I mm-hmm. was like, at this point, I just want to see what I can get. So I applied as many as I could. And I was able, I was successful in some Um, which was great. But also when you get accepted to a program, it's so important to ask your recruiter, or whoever accepts you, if they have like tuition assistance, because they can offer you scholarships if they know like you're, you're really interested, which is something to consider. Um, Mm -hmm. Other things, I know you brought up like how to be successful during the program. I know for me, I really took advantage as well. I was on the board. I was the alumni relations director. Um, I also applied for like the new venture competition at GW. And this was where you could really develop a business plan and compete against other business owners. Even if it's like a new idea, they'll help mm-hmm. to move you through the process to possibly get funded in the future, which is great learning experience. Um, other things like volunteering as much as you can doing internships, <laughs> doing case competitions. That's the one thing I didn't yeah. do and I wish I did. Yeah. So something yeah. to think about. Yeah.
1: Uh Case competitions are great. I did the Nazi case competition. That's the National Association of healthcare service executives, it's always a long name for me to get out, but I did that my first year. Um, I wish I would've done maybe like one more case competition because they can be a lot, but they are so fun. And I feel like you learn so much. And I did it like when I knew nothing, like literally about healthcare. So I came in, but then I was able to go back and be like, oh, we did this in the case competition. Now I'm learning it in our classes and it just helps supplement your like readings and like, I don't know, just your whole experience. Um, And it's just good to get out there Cause there's some like really, they give you some complex things to work on. So
0: they do. And you get to work on teams and it's something else to add to your resume, which is super nice. Yeah. And now that you brought up Nasi, it makes me think, okay, there's so many other professional organizations. Like I'm really a part of HIMSS, which is like the health information management systems, um, I think it's society. I can never get the name right either. So, yeah. but I'm hoping to go to their conference again. That was a great learning experience. You get to make, meet so many other people in the professional uh, world and industry and learn new things, make connections. And some schools, I mean like GW, they pay for ACHE, which is super nice. Um, mm-hmm. During COVID, unfortunately I wasn't able to be a part of that, but I was able to go to Hims. So take advantage as much as you can with any opportunities. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree I second that <laughs> for my next question is I think fellowships are also unique so do you think that programs should, and different master's programs should require it
1: mm-hmm. so I, I go back and forth with that because like I said one of the reasons why I chose GW is because they do require it and that was a helpful thing to me Um, But as I'm in the program, I'm noticing people get into the program and they start to think a little bit differently about routes they want to take. And so when you have the fellowship requirement, it does put a little extra stressor on some of the students who don't necessarily think that's the route for them because it's not for everybody. Like fellowship route is pretty much like hospital based. And um, that's kind of the route you're going. Like you're going to be in the hospital. uh, You're going to be working with the executives, which is great that's exactly what i wanted but some people might want consulting like i know a lot of programs are far more um advanced in like pushing their students towards consulting so i think that you know if you have other programs that allow with a little more flexibility they might have more avenues to like allow students to explore other things
0: yes i i get what you mean and i would say nationwide probably only about seven master's programs for MHAs require it, Mm -hmm. but I think it gives you the availability to come out with a job. Usually these programs either require a fellowship or a residency if you don't do a fellowship and a residency is more of that consulting track. So it's basically just getting a job, Mm -hmm. but your professors make sure you come out with the job unlike other master's programs. So I think that that Mm -hmm. is something to definitely consider. And more and more as well as I think some fellowships are looking to not just be hospital-based. For instance, I was a part of a strategy fellowship that I was more on that consulting side. So that was really nice um, and gave me a whole different perspective than more of the operations-based fellowships. Um, But again, there's so many different avenues for fellowships.
1: You know I think they're great I just think it really is like also you can t- find the type of fellowship like you're saying and I know that also for me the another attractive part of the fellowship is that it builds your career a little faster yeah. um, is from from what we see on research and stuff is that you know you're able to move into positions that you may not have otherwise been able to move in if you didn't have your MHA degree and went up to a fellowship or you went into the residency track or any of those things So there's there's nothing wrong with it you just have to know what you're kind of wanting. Um, that's why I say it can be good to require it, but do I think everybody needs to require it? maybe not necessarily, but yeah, Yeah, I get what you
0: mean. And something I don't think we touched on was if you don't know what you want to do and are still like, okay, I want to do healthcare, but what fellowships are a good option because a lot of them are either projects based or rotation based. So you can go to different departments, see what they have to offer, see what their day to day duties are, um, and get that real world experience. Totally. yes. For the next question, what is your favorite thing about working in healthcare?
1: Hmm. Um, I would say for me, my favorite thing is just knowing that I'm being a part of um, like helping people and helping the people that are helping the people get better. So I'm able to eventually hopefully be the administrator that's helping their nurses help patients. And I know that sounds really like kind of breaking it down a little too much, but that's like an enjoyable part of me is knowing that I'm a part of a larger system that's looking to better, better people's outcomes. And, um, that's like a huge part of why I wanted to be in healthcare in the first place. So
0: I think in this industry, you really have to be passionate about what you do, because even if you're not directly working with patients, you are working with staff that works with patients to hopefully make Mm -hmm. a positive outcome so I think that's great, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people can yeah. relate to, to that. Yeah. For another question, and this is kind of tying back to the MHA and fellowship, but maybe even in general, do you have any insights for aspiring leaders going into this field?
1: Yes. Um, I would just say, again, try and be involved. Um, there's all these organizations that I didn't necessarily know about before I got into my MHA, or I kind of knew about just before I got, went into my MHA. So. Um, for you know, Nasi is really um I'm a huge advocate of it for it because it's for students of color or not sorry, students of color, but you know, executives of color, students of color, like everybody who is in the healthcare field who is of color. And I think that's really important because a lot of times we don't have that representation. So I think that um Nasi is a nice organization to get involved in from that aspect. Um, they're also very well networked. Like they will really help you and introduce you to others, ACHE, HEMS. Um, mm-hmm. There's, um, what is the finance one? There's one finance one that I missed. HFMA. HFMA. Like there's so many yeah. organizations that literally people just want to help. There's mentorship programs within those that you can mm-hmm. sign up for. So for me, I'm all about, I'm a people person. So I I think my advice is kind of more along the lines of like get to know people, talk to people, and ask them for advice I mean I'm still so young in my career so I don't know if I can give the most well-seasoned advice but so far you know going through my MHA getting my uh, fellowship the most helpful thing has been talking to people like literally that that is what has been the most helpful thing to me so
0: thank you for sharing and one of my last questions is if there was something that you could improve with the health therapy, Healthcare delivery system, what would it be?
1: Sure. Um, I think, you know, as we've watched throughout the pandemic, we've seen a huge um, spotlight on the disparities that um, our country is currently facing as far as health disparities. And so for me, I would really love to make an impact and start to change or start to better some of those um, health outcomes that minorities or low income uh, rural communities are seeing and facing. Um, and so that is definitely just one area that I would love to see um, and some improvement in.
0: And do you have any ideas on how we can combat this, or bring awareness, or even solutions to this problem?
1: Yeah, sure. So I mean, you know, I've kind of I thought about these things a little bit just because we talk about it in our classes a lot, and like these are just conversations that I'm passionate about. Um, And I think for me, as far as especially um, getting some more of the disparities down with minorities would be starting with your organization, trying to improve and diversify organizations would be a great start. I know for me, one thing that I've done to try and help that is as the DEI chair, I um, actually created a webinar to recruit um, more students of color um, into the MHA program. And then hopefully those students go into fellowships and then to health systems. And so... That's kind of the way that I've started to look at it. I know health systems are looking to diversify their health, um, their organizations because they know it can help better outcomes for not just minorities, for everybody, because I just think you're bringing a unique um, kind of perspective to the table. And so I think also just having a really good community health strategy, like getting involved in those communities and going to see what their needs are. So not just, you know, pulling people who are hired, Go into the communities, ask them what their needs are. You know, I think that's sometimes we overcomplicate it, and I think mm-hmm. if you just ask people, you know, um, what do they need, they'll tell you a lot. And I know it's not as easy yep. as that, but I think that could be a great start. So,
0: I I also think after being at GW and learning about the CHNA, which is the Community Health Needs assistant Assessment, that most hospitals that are nonprofit have to have and are required to have. So I think it's really maybe even thinking, okay, if we can get some of the people who are writing these things to go into the community more and really make assessments based on what their immediate population around the area needs, the better they will be off because I don't think they do enough of that. And a lot of people working in healthcare don't even know what that is. And I wouldn't have without getting my master's at GW. So I am thankful Mm -hmm. to have that knowledge.
1: Yes. Yeah, I agree for sure.
0: Well, on that note, before p- ending the podcast, I would just wanted to say thank you so much again for being a guest speaker, Johnny. Is there a way that listeners can stay connected with you after the show?
1: Yes. Um. Thanks for having me. This was really fun. Um, something different and new to do. I love that you're doing this. So congratulations to you on all your podcast success. And um, I think all the listeners, if you guys are listening, you guys can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm on there. It will say Lejon and then Johnny in brackets because, again, I go by Johnny. But, yeah, feel free to connect with me on there.
0: Wonderful. And this is one question that I actually forgot to ask. And I kind of just wanted to bring it up again because I have brought it up in different episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually around paid transparency in regards to fellowships. Mm-hmm. I know I've heard the range can usually be between 50 55 all the way to all the way up to like 1 120,000. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this similar or what is your perspective on pay?
1: So I definitely think it depends on where you are and I agree that range is so wide, but it's pretty true because if you're in LA, for example, that's a really, city, a really expensive city, so they're probably going to pay you a little bit higher, but I, again, your cost of living is so much, it's kind of needed, versus if you're in a more rural community or a smaller town, you might get paid on the lower end just because mm-hmm. the unit doesn't require as much, so it's definitely based on your cost of living, um, so those those are things to think about, and I, I don't know for sure, Like from what I know, I know that um, fellowships aren't usually very negotiable um as far as pay so that's a little unfortunate but i would say that's one thing for people to know that like it's not the most negotiable salary i know there's a lot of talk of like you know make sure you negotiate your salary or anytime they come with a number ask for more but i don't think there's as much opportunity with that for fellowships. so it's definitely like think about where you're applying and and make sure you ask those questions before you accept the offer i guess
0: (laughs) Yes, I agree. It's it's a lot harder to negotiate if you're even able to. But some things, even on the small end, maybe you can get like extra professional development credits. Yes. Maybe you can go to conferences. Maybe mm-hmm. ask for a little bit more PTO. Just some mm-hmm. things to say. Okay, if I can't increase my salary, salary is there anything else? Even a moving bonus, which yes. I know a lot of programs do offer on top of their base mm-hmm. salary, which
1: is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the relocation package is what a lot. Yeah, that's what a lot of people will do. Is like okay, you're moving here. We'll give you like 5,000 something extra or whatever to move and everything. And you can pretty much use that however you want. So yeah, I think there's definitely... Um, ways to kind of go about it. That's really creative. I didn't even think of that. So
0: (laughs) yeah, of course, always happy to help. Um, But on that note, I just want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you again, Johnny. You can find her on LinkedIn. And just want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by our sponsors, Riverside and Anchor by Spotify. To listen to more episodes, check out the link in my bio at Health Admin Life on TikTok, Instagram, or YouTube.